Hey everyone, welcome back to the Everything Jesus podcast. I'm Dr. Billy Birch and this is my wife, Kim. Hi everybody. And we're in episode 13 and this is where Jesus begins his healing ministry. Mm -hmm. This is where he begins to really take a look at people and people coming to him with serious needs. And it's it's really interesting what this shows about the person of Jesus. Right. It's going to reveal some more things about him. It takes place in the context of him actually preaching. Yep. And when I was starting into this, I was thinking about you. And as you're giving sermons on a Sunday and you're preaching, there's a lot going on out in front of you and you're staying focused on God's word and trying not to be distracted by people coming and going or whatever might be happening in the congregation. Yeah. And that, and that happens a lot. You know, people stand up and walk out or come in late or something like that. And, you know, many years ago, I learned just to kind of tune that out, you mm -hmm. know, but I do remember one instance where I was completely distracted. As a matter of fact, I had to stop the whole service. Right. Yes. It was a hailstorm. Yes, you remember that? The hailstorm. Yeah. Yeah. And so it, it was very interesting. I'm in the middle of preaching and it's getting louder and louder mm -hmm. and louder. We have a metal roof that has tar on it and, and it's a flat roof and it just got so unbearably loud. <laughs> I had to end the service. You really did. Yeah. And you ended it with something like, well, folks, that's your sermon for today. Hope you liked it. Hope you liked it. And they walked out and um, it was one of those historic, you know, hailstorms in the spring. There was like two inches of hail outside. It was really insane, you know, and that never happens in Philadelphia. You know, that's mm -hmm. where we're near. And uh, it's, it's interesting when I read this story that we're about to read, that's exactly what happened to Jesus. There was something that completely distracted him right in the middle of the teaching. Mm -hmm. But it was amazing. Right. It became the illustration of the teaching. It became yeah. a miracle right in front of them, a sign that was going to point to something significant. Why don't you read it? Okay. We're in Mark chapter 2, starting at verse 1. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "'My child, your sins are forgiven.'" But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So... I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. So just like last podcast... There was a crowd of people, and they were encroaching on Jesus, mm -hmm. 
And it was so many people that last podcast, he had to get in a boat, stand in the sea, you know, Mm -hmm. in a sense, and teach the people. This one, there were so many people just standing around, looking in the window, standing Mm -hmm. in the doorway. They wanted to hear Jesus. Isn't that interesting Mm. that he commanded that kind of crowd early on in his ministry? It's kind of neat because we are challenging ourselves and our listeners to fix our eyes on Jesus. And the people in this time were fixing their eyes on Jesus. They were, they had noticed him. He was unmistakably different than anything they'd seen before, and they were watching to see who he was going to be. So true. And man, you know, they were hearing him, and they were sensing the authority, sensing the wisdom, sensing that this was this was somewhat supernatural. Something was mm-hmm. was really going on inside of all the listeners as Jesus was speaking, which we would expect. He's he is God in the flesh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and and he is saying some things that are really touching the people's lives and news spread. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, news spreads really quickly in 2021, you know, but it, it, it also spread pretty quickly then in crowds. As soon as Jesus went from one town to the next, the crowds followed, the crowds knew he was there and he was teaching significant things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. R- right before this passage in Mark 1... Verse 38, Jesus again restates his purpose. You know, this gives us a little bit more context for the scene that we're looking at when we're reminded of what he's saying his purpose is here in verse 38. But Jesus replied, we must go on to other towns as well, Mm. and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. Exactly. And so we're seeing it. Mm -hmm. We're seeing it. He is going from town to town. He's teaching the good news. He's teaching the word of God. He's teaching... Uh, some significant things in the people's lives. And so him stating that, all all of a sudden you have all these people around him in this house. And as we look, it says that four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Hmm. Now, here's what I always think about when I think about this, because I'm in this situation where I'm teaching a lot of people all the time. And I thought to myself, I wonder if murmuring started because all the crowd started looking up. What's that noise? What's what's going on up on the roof? And all of a sudden, you know, a little dust and dirt Mm. and grass start falling Mm -hmm. and, and, and everybody's like, what is going on? And there's, Probably just Jesus is probably like, well, what, what, why is everybody not listening to me all of a sudden? You know, and, and all of a sudden a man comes down yeah. out of the roof on a mat. Yeah. You know, I think to myself, even before you get to this point in the story, what would the conversation have been between the paralyzed man and his friends? Yeah. Somehow yeah. they had gone to his house, convinced yes. him this is worth giving a try. We love you. We care about you. We're going to pick you up and take you over there. And I wonder if he objected or did he? was he excited about the opportunity? Was he embarrassed? I mean, it was kind of yeah. embarrassing, the vulnerable position he was in. I, I agree. And, and then it, to get there and not be able to walk in. I mean, you wonder if he said, oh, just yeah. forget about it, guys. Yeah, you know, like, maybe. Wow. He came maybe. close to missing the miracle. That, that is so true. And, and I think you, you have a great point there that that conversation right um, – Right when the friends maybe either convinced the paralyzed man or the man, the paralyzed man convinced his friends, I don't know how this worked, but all, all I know is that they were all committed to this. Yeah. And I know this isn't about, you know, necessarily, you know, talking this whole time about the paralyzed man and his friends. This is mm-hmm. about Jesus. This is about focusing on Jesus. But it is interesting that some, those five people, let's just say, 
had an idea who Jesus might be, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, they, and just like you said, they're looking and saying, hey, you know that, that teacher that might be a prophet? Mm-hmm. And that's probably what they were saying. He's coming this way. And as a matter of fact, we heard that he was over at such and such house. Mm-hmm. Let's go. What can we lose? If yeah. he's got miraculous powers or, or, or people are like, man, he turned water into wine or something like that, you know, it's worth a shot. Yeah. There's nothing else that's going to work here. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so they're saying to themselves, we should go meet up with Jesus mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because Jesus, you know, was commanding that kind of attention and showing that kind of authority and even had a few signs mm-hmm. that, that people started probably murmuring about, you know, yeah. and talking and saying what's going on here. So they for sure were like, we think we should go see him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they couldn't. The crowd was blocking them. Okay. They didn't give up. But the the houses back then were made in such a way that often you had staircases to the flat roof. And um, that's all they did. They said, look, we're walking the stairs. We're going up on the roof. And they started their act of faith, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we get dissuaded pretty easily by going to Jesus or maybe thinking to ourselves, is this really going to work? I don't know. Let, let's, let's, let's try other alternatives before we go to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know? And honestly, we need to be in a place where we can have that kind of faith that just says, let's go to Jesus. Yeah, we know that's a good place to go. Yeah. He's our first resort, not our last resort. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so seeing their faith, and I love that. Mm-hmm. I love it. This says it right there in verse 5. It says, seeing their faith. And there was something about the faith of those people. And this is going to be seen uh, elsewhere in the Gospels in later podcasts where people's faith caught the attention of Jesus, mm. you know? Mm. And he says, because of your faith mm. or, be, you know, this is going to happen. And because you have shown great faith, you will mm-hmm. receive what you've asked for. Um, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, and before I say what he said, you know, I know you already read it, but this one is a surprise. It is, yeah. He you know? came with one need on his mind. He and his friends had been on their minds, I am paralyzed. I need help with my paralysis. His leg muscles did not work, and he was not able to walk or run or anything like that. And that's why they're here. Mm-hmm. And yet Jesus says, my child, your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Man. So that must have been a little bit of a shock, a mm-hmm. little bit of a surprise to them. I'm just talking about those five people, let's just say, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yet that's the very point that Jesus wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Your sins are forgiven, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and went right to the heart of the issue of everybody standing in that room, everybody standing outside the windows, everybody standing outside the doors. And that's where he went to a spiritual need first, but he did so... Not just to, uh, I, I think, teach a point, but also because he knew who was in the crowd. Ah. And he was about to prove a point. Okay. You know okay. what I mean? But some of the teachers of religious law, and this is who I was talking about, who were sitting there, thought to themselves, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Mm. There is no greater sin back then, okay, okay. than blaspheming, okay. you know, claiming to be God mm. or, 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 you know the name of God and somehow defaming that name. And for a human being to claim to be God or claim to do the things that only God can do, 
they thought this is this is really bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so there there was anger in those words. Sure, sure. There They're was, taking issue with him saying that. For sure. You know, I'm I'm thinking about what has gone on in Jesus's story up to this point. Reflecting back, he was oppo- Jesus was opposed by Satan. Yeah. Right at his point of temptation. True. We talked about that in a podcast. Then he in this um, in this book of Mark was opposed by evil spirits. They took him mm, on. Yeah. Now he's being opposed by religious teachers. You know, there, there is a lot out to resist Jesus. Yeah. It's not going to be an easy path for him. Yeah. He's the one that's going to be victorious over all darkness, all mm. death. So there's going to be an entourage of, of darkness trying to take him down. You know, And it's always such a disappointment that the religious teachers... The entire time, they miss it. He's yeah. so not what they had expected. They are not willing to embrace him and say, yes, you are our Messiah. Yeah, and even though they're the ones that knew the scriptures, the yeah. Old Testament scriptures, more better than anybody, and would understand that these hundreds of prophecies were pointing to Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That this could, you know, there were enough prophecies even fulfilled at that time where they could say, wow, we need to follow that. We need to at least... Really look into this mm-hmm. and not just resist it or ignore it, you know? Yeah, so true. But Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So mm-hmm. isn't that interesting? At any time, because of Jesus' divine nature, at any time he knows what we're thinking. Mm-hmm. He sees you know? through to the heart. He sees right through. Um, and so now is the great teaching point of this whole, maybe Jesus was there teaching an hour before these men showed up, Mm. and here was the point. Why do you question this in your hearts? As again, you said, Mm -hmm. he looks in the heart. Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Mm. Ever since I've ever read that passage, I thought to myself, man, he he just asked about two things that only God can do. Ah, true. There's there's no other option. Yeah. And in that, I was like, yeah, he trapped them right there. Mm. This was one of of my favorite, you know, uh, discourses because, you know, in the exchange of conversation, it's like, I think he's got them trapped, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm because only God, obviously only God can forgive sins and only God can say to somebody, stand up, pick up your mat and walk, even though you were born or whatever, you know, paralyzed. Yeah. When I read it, I say to myself, well, in a way, it's easier for him to say your sins are forgiven because that would be an invisible thing. You know, nobody could prove or disprove if he'd actually accomplished anything. In a way, it is sort of harder to say get up and walk because that's visible. They'll see if he failed. But there's something behind it that yeah. makes the, the forgiveness of sins harder. And that is exactly right. And that is the point. And so it, it actually says, So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And so it, it goes on and just says, He turned to paralyzed man and says, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And he did. Mm-hmm. He's, he was healed. So, so if God could, is the only one that could forgive sins or tell a man to get up and walk when he's paralyzed, Jesus, Jesus kind of said to them, okay, I have the authority to do both, but mm-hmm. there's, only one, there, there's only one choice that's going to show the physical uh, yes. you know, effect of what I'm about to do. But now, because I have the authority to forgive sins, I am going to show you physically 
what to do. So he used the one to explain that he's got the power to do both. Let me do something visible to show you I can do also the invisible. I'm going to do two impossible things in this one moment, and you're going to see the visible one. You're going to have to trust me for the invisible one. That's exactly what he was all about. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... You know, when he, this whole point of that it is indeed harder for him to say your sins are forgiven, it was harder because of all that that would represent. Yeah. For one, he's drawn a line in the sand yeah. before these religious leaders, and he's saying, I am God. I oh, Yes, only God can do this. I am God. Yeah. That's a hard line in yeah. the sand. It was yeah. going to you know, elicit a lot of response from the religious people. So that was going to be hard. The harder thing even beyond that was for him to accomplish forgiveness of sins, mm-hmm. it would mean his death on the cross. Mm-hmm. The hardest moment in all mm-hmm. of human history, the most unjust and painful moment yeah. in history. He's saying... It will be so hard for me to do it, but I'm doing it. I'm doing it for you. I will accomplish forgiveness for you. That's so true. And he wanted to make it, uh, make the impression on everybody there. I am going to do this miraculous healing so that you all understand as the sign. Remember how Jesus is teaching would would accompany would be accompanied by a sign so that people could see that he is actually from God. Yeah. Because people back then would always look for a sign from a prophet. We explained a little mm-hmm. bit of that mm-hmm. last podcast as well. Um, but can we take? Yeah. And go, I yeah. just don't want to zip past verse ten before we kind of take it apart a little bit. I think there's some really important nuggets in here. So verse ten says, "So I will prove mm-hmm. to you that the Son of Man." has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus, this this term son of man was Jesus's favorite term for himself. It was his favorite name for himself. That's exactly right. Such an interesting one. I was talking to somebody about this and she said, what a humble name for him to claim for himself. You know, just, I'm a son of man. I am like you. But even bigger than that, it points to there were messianic prophecies about this son of man. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is pointing back to the prophecies and saying, that's me. Right. And where do we get this? We get it out of Daniel chapter seven. And I'll read to you verse 13 and 14. As a vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. Mm -hmm. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, Mm -hmm. and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that the people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Yeah, What a description of Jesus. Such a great description. And that did not fall on deaf ears. Right. Because they noticed it. They 100% noticed it. You know, him, you know, Jesus calling himself the son of man was the unmistakable. He is claiming to be the one that was written about in Daniel and he is claiming to be God himself and the one who stands in the presence of God. And that was, that was even, for the, for the Pharisees and for the religious leaders, that was the moment of blasphemy. Okay. You yep. know what I mean? Whenever Jesus would say the son of, claim to be the son of man or the son of God, and it's, it's, it, that's when the anger developed, mm-hmm. you know, and that's when the, everything kind of went south in, in Jesus's mm-hmm. uh, relationship with the religious leaders. Right. They we can tolerate not... you to a point until you flat right. out are saying you're the Messiah, the, this promised one from the Old Testament. You are the Christ. Yeah. We, now, now, we're not going there with you. And that's, that's a very interesting thing. 
because I think when we hear of Jesus and we hear of who he is and that he is God and that he is, he has all authority, he can forgive sins, he can bring healing. Um, we, we don't mind the good things that Jesus says and, and do unto others as you would have them do unto you and all the, the things that we want to live on and all the fun things Jesus says about how he'll bring peace and everything. And life abundant and, you know, blessing. And yeah. we're like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'll take that. But then he makes a demand on us, mm. you know, and then we don't like that so much. And we realize, and the demand that's always on us and the demand that was on the, the religious leaders at the time when he calls himself the son of man is the demand of the authority of God. Mm. That means they would have to submit to this carpenter, to this peasant, to mm. this person who, yeah, he has great teaching, but who actually is he, you know, Mm -hmm. just didn't make sense to them, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. probably didn't make sense to a whole lot of people. But I think the fact that the crowds are gathered, they're they're trying to figure this out, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through, through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Hmm. You know, it's, it's almost like Mark is taking all the language he could, all, all the descriptors he could to try and fit into these, just this one little phrase, it's actually a sentence, and it's like the man jumped up and grabbed his mat. Okay, and there's what, here's what happened with the onlookers. The stunned onlookers, so they were stunned. <laughs> right. They were all amazed. They could do nothing but praise God, mm-hmm. and they started exclaiming, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And what they excla- exclaimed was, We've just saw, seen a miracle. Yeah. We have just seen a miracle. We've never seen anything like this mm. before. You know, Their response is entirely different than the religious leaders. Yeah. The religious leaders were hung up on what their presuppositions were, what all their laws were telling them, who they were demanding the Messiah would have to be in order to garner their respect. And the stunned onlookers are like, this is amazing, and we praise God. They they were yeah. just rejoicing in what God was doing, and and same same today. Yeah, that's Pe- right. People will look at Jesus, and some look with skepticism and say, "Eh, not for me. Yeah. I'm not buying it." And yeah. others look and and praise God. They're amazed and say, "This is this is who I need." Yeah, and I think this points back to all of us a, a couple different challenges. Number one, simplicity of faith. Look at the simplicity of faith that that was shown by. The four, uh, the four men and the paralytic, um, there was a simple faith that just said, we don't know everything about um, this person, Jesus. We heard he was doing some miracles. We heard he had signs like the prophets had signs. Let, and, and his teaching's amazing. Let's go see. Mm-hmm. There was a simple faith to that. And, it, and Jesus took notice of it. He said, seeing their faith. Yeah. And you know, the simple faith also, um, I, th- I think we need to live on that. It's, it's kind of in juxtaposition to the complex faith, or if you want to even call it that, that the religious leaders had and the Pharisees that this is too simple. This is, it needs to be complex. You, you folks don't understand this mm. because only we understand it because we're the one that, is, that are learned, went yeah. through the rabbinical schools and mm-hmm. all that, you know? Right. They were taking so much confidence in all their religious training. Yeah. When we just need to look at Jesus and who he is and, and it... it brings a couple things to our mind in terms of that simple faith that if we want to go to Jesus for physical healing, we need to understand that we need to submit to him for spiritual healing first. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. That we need to come to him and say, we are willing to 
receive forgiveness so that we can have spiritual healing because we're coming to you in need of physical healing or emotional healing Mm -hmm. or any of the healing that, you know, we go through very difficult times. We're broken people, we're weak people, and we need Jesus. Mm -hmm. But we must go, and Jesus saying, and, and bringing the whole idea of forgiveness of sins, when really what they came for was physical healing, yeah. he brought those two together. And okay. he said, listen, your deepest need, mm-hmm. your absolute deepest need is spiritual. And we have to be willing and ready to come and, and identify our spiritual need and admit that we have a spiritual need and allow Jesus to heal that spiritual need. And then we can come to him for anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sort of to sum up what you're saying, what I think my greatest need is may not be my real greatest need. Yeah, yeah. And only when I come to see my need for forgiveness do I come to see Jesus as good news. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Mm. And, you know, I know people, and this does not, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody out there listening from coming to Jesus with a need. Mm. Look, whatever need you have, take it to Jesus. But understand that when you do so, he is going to bring the whole idea of a spiritual healing right yeah. to the forefront. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because he knows that's most important for you. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. And I think that um, the simple faith also comes from just like the people experience when they saw Jesus do something amazing. They're just like, man, we're going to go ahead and be amazed. We're not going to doubt. We're just going to be like, praise God. This is just the most amazing thing. Jesus brought this. Jesus did what he said he was going to do, and he always does. Mm -hmm. And so that's a simple faith that I think we can live on, you know? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, next... It's a beautiful story. Yeah, it's a great story, and it's honestly a beautiful story of friendship. It's a beautiful story of the faith of friends and friends kind of looking to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And it's a beautiful story of Jesus saying, hey, God can do a couple things. He can forgive your sins. He can bring you healing where you're hurting, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm looking forward to next week because we are going to talk about one of the most famous sets of teaching that Jesus brought to us in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. And man, there's a lot to unpack there. We probably won't get to a whole lot of everything in it, but it is such an amazing... You're right. That's like that's like three whole chapters of 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 the Bible right there in the Sermon on the Mount. But some amazing things. I'm so looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. So can you pray us out? Yes, let's do. Lord, we thank you for this story, this example, this picture. Let us fix our eyes on you. Let us see that you see our greatest need and you have come to resolve our greatest need and to provide us forgiveness from guilt and sin. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.